You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Chapter 1. There we go, got it. I want to start with hopefully a, a story that will catch your attention. In the late 1800s, There's a man named George McCoy that would work on the railroad systems in the United States. He came from Canada, and he graduated college with an engineering degree. Sorry. Excuse me. Came to college, graduated college with an engineering degree, came from Canada to the United States. He worked on the railroad systems on the locomotives for a time, and there he found a, a problem that he wanted to fix, So uh, he found out that every about 20 to 30 miles, they would uh, drive the locomotive. They needed to stop. They needed to grease the wheel bearings and the things that were in the locomotive and then start again, go 20 to 30 miles, stop, grease the wheel bearings, start again, stop, grease, and so on. And for us, for us to get that in our minds, it's like drive from Elk Point to North Carolina And every 20 miles, stop your car, fill up your tires with air, and then drive 20 miles, stop your car, fill up your tires with air. How annoying is that? You know, very just just not good. You know, nobody wants that. So George McCoy said, there's got to be a better way. Of course there is. So what he did, he made something where as the train wheels would turn, the grease would grease itself. And so now he had, it was called the George McCoy system um, that the train would grease itself as the wheels turned. So now you don't need to stop every 20 to 30 miles. Now you can go hundreds of miles without stopping. So, of course, this revolutionized the train industry or locomotive industry, the freight industry, if you will, of the United States in the late 1800s. Of course, with every good product... Uh, after 10 to 20 years, there began to be fakes. There began to be uh, corrupt ones. There began to be people copying his system and selling it, saying, uh, this is the real, this is the, the good one. And then the person in the locomotive would find out that it's not. Uh, they would find out as it broke, or, or maybe it would have been better if they just wouldn't have bought any system at all because of how bad it was. So then a question began to be asked, as, as this time went on, and it's actually still a question that we use today, is what you're selling me the real McCoy? Is what you're giving me, is, is what you're, you're portraying to me, is, is what you're showing me, is this the real McCoy? And that's something, that's actually a phrase that we still use today, and I thought that, that was a really cool and interesting story. To segue into this, I want to talk tonight about genuineness and sincerity. Genuineness and sincerity is what you're showing me, the real McCoy. And I wondered, I wondered that if Jesus Christ were to come into the room, and, and it's going to get serious quick. <laughs> if Jesus Christ came into the room and he said, this person is the real McCoy. This, this Christian right here, let me show you. This Christian right here. And would that be me? Would that be you? And I, I just, 
I wondered that as I, as I wrote this message. Is that me? If Jesus Christ should say, let me show you this person. I know them very well. They know me very well. That's the real McCoy. And then if, if you were to take a map of, of um, Elk Point, South Dakota, I thought of this too. Jesus Christ, looking at a map of Elk Point, South Dakota. Here's the, uh, here's the Catholic Church. Here's the Lutheran Church. Here's the uh, other churches, other churches. If he pointed to Elk Point Baptist, would he say, this is the real McCoy? Would he say, this is the church where I reside in? This is really the church that we should be going to? And I wondered that. And I certainly think that that is the answer, or else, <laughs> or else I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but I think that that is the answer. So tonight I want to talk about genuineness and sincerity. I want to ask very quickly, are we, are we live, Nathan? Were you able to send Alicia? Okay, I want to say hi to my sister Alicia. She's in Denver, Colorado, and I'll see you tomorrow. Excited to see you. Uh, genuineness, uh, I, I wanted to get a thesaurus to help me use more words, um, obviously. So then there's, uh, I, I, wanted, I made a list of words, genuine, sincere, original, true, authentic, real, actual, rightful, legitimate, honest, and truthful. Uh, I see the word often, probably the most often I see it is mechanic shops, genuine Chevrolet parts, uh, authentic Harley Davidson parts, and so on like that. You might see it there, uh, the most authentic um, jeans, authentic t-shirts, so on. The words sincere and sincerity show up in our King James Bible a combined nine times. And we're going to look at all nine tonight. And the word genuine is never used. But I will be using the word genuine and, and sincere kind of uh, equally, if you will, if you can help me with that. So, um, then also, uh, yep, I want to stay right here. So this is my first time using slides and this at the same time, so maybe uh, bear with me a little bit. So I wondered where to put this next section in my sermon, because I feel like it's hard to talk about genuineness and sincerity without talking about the actual, the opposite of, and that opposite would be hypocritical or hypocrites. And I, I don't want to talk long about being hypocritical, because that's not the point of the message. Uh, but I do want to warn and shy away from, obviously we should not be doing that. And yes, and yes, we, we preach against sin, but I know I'm a sinner saved by grace and I still sin the same as y'all. But we should not, you know, we don't live in that sin. We don't, we don't stay there. The, that's not the point, if you will. So, to me, a hypocritical Christian, in, in my mind, it, it is someone that is a different person on Saturday night as they are in church on a Sunday morning. And I try my best, personally, to not be that. I try my best to be the same person on Saturday night than I am on Sunday morning. And, and again, with this message, you will see consistently, com, consistently, consistency, excuse me, you will see consistency keeping, uh, repeating itself. Genuineness, sincerity, and consistency definitely go together. And it is hard to be genuine and sincere without the glue, if you will, of consistency. So anyway, and you'll see that come up in Bible verses, and that will happen soon. Uh, Titus 1.16. I had you turn to Titus chapter 1. 
Titus 1.16. All of the slides will be on the television uh, if you don't have your Bible, if you'd rather read it up there. Titus 1.16, it says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. They profess, they say that they know God with their mouth. Profess, they, they talk it. But yet in their works... They don't even know him. In their works, in what they're in their action, it's it's like they're not even they don't even know who he is, right? So I have a I every now and then I'll give an illustration or a funny story to that will go along, and and some points I will, some points I won't. But this is a really funny story, and probably uh, the time when I was the most embarrassed ever in my life. So let me just very quickly. Um, I was in uh, a church in Wisconsin. I was doing an internship there as a, a summer intern in a church. And then uh, we were in a VBS, uh, excuse me, we were in a parade for Memorial Day in the city. In the parade, our float was a VBS float. So VBS was happening one week after the parade. So we were handing out candy and handing out flyers saying, hey, come to our VBS. It's going to be the best ever and so on. Right? So that's what we were doing. The float was a boat because our theme was um, not Noah's Ark, Jonah. Our theme was Jonah. And uh, so we made a a float out of a boat, uh, lots of wood and so on. Uh, And then people were dressed up as characters. People dressed up as fish. People dressed up as Jonah. Uh, People dressed up as a a number of things. And then uh, for some reason, the pastor gave me the costume of uh, a Navy sailor. And it was really, uh, really cheesy, really corny. Uh, it didn't fit me well. The sleeves kind of went to, to here, you know, if you will. The sleeves went to here. You could see my socks in the pants. It wasn't meant to be serious, you know. And I'm sure he bought it on uh, Amazon or a, a Halloween store or just something really, you know, it was kind of see-through a little bit. It was really obvious. I wasn't a part of the Navy, okay? It was just obvious, and then uh, I was also wearing tennis shoes. I'm not a part of the Navy. Okay? So, all right. Established. So we take the church van. We pull up to the parade. Uh, and they drop me off right as the parade started. And I needed to walk from the start of the parade back to the middle where our float was. Okay? Now, I need to remind you of something. This is a Memorial Day parade. Who started out the parade? My goodness, it was the members of our military. Yeah, they started out the parade. Yep, you're allowed to laugh. And, and ask me what branch it was. Just ask. Because it, it wasn't the Marines, and it wasn't the Army, and it wasn't the Coast Guard, and it wasn't the Space Force, and it wasn't the Air Force. Thirty people of the United States Navy were looking at me as I stepped out of the van. And my fake, cheesy... Just ridiculous Navy uniform. Also, it had a Patch the Pirate hat. Yeah, one of those, you know, the white hat. What does that have to do with hypocrisy? What was inside of me and what was outside of me were two different things. They were way different. And what I think, I looked back and I'm like, what was I embarrassed about? What, why was I so embarrassed I, cause, because I didn't want them to think that I was trying to take any respect from them 
or I wanted the, the people to look at me and think, oh, he's in the Navy too. I didn't want any, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want that fakeness, if you will. I didn't want that. And I felt so embarrassed. I, I wanted to take it off and, and change into something else. Now, uh, just to finish the story, i got to tell Abby, my wife, I have never been catcalled more in my life than at that exact time. <laughs> I, I had men and women say, hey, look at that guy. Hey, hey. And, and I thought to myself, hey, if I just walk like this, and if they don't, I don't look at them, they don't see me, uh, that didn't happen. All I, all I wanted to tell that story was this. The outside and the inside were two different things. And, and today, I don't, I don't want to do that today. I don't want to look on the outside. I don't want to wear a suit on the outside and not be right with God. You know what I mean? And I, I want the inside and the outside to match. I want to be the same on the inside as I am on the outside. And, and when I say, hey, brother, I'm praying for you, I want to mean it. I want to, I want to be real. Uh, it, uh, excuse me. I want to be real. I want to be honest. So just I need to pause the sermon and say, God has been working on me in this, and I'm preaching that for, for that reason. God's been working on me in this. And saying this, this act is not, this act of being a really good Christian, that's enough, Ryan. It's time that we be real, and it's time that we be genuine. And, and that's why I'm preaching this. So I just don't want you to think, hmm, Ryan doesn't think Elk Point Baptist is genuine. Uh, that's not true. That's not true. It's because this is close to my heart. God's been working on me in this. And it's, you know, it's the same to my wife. I want to be the same person at home as I am at, at church. You know, it's a consistency thing. A consistency thing. Okay? All right. So that uh, is the end of, I think I have another verse. 1 Peter 2.1. Here's, here's our challenge. Lay aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. We push them aside. We lay them aside. We get them out of there. Uh, many, maybe some of us has been in church for a long time, and we know the right words to use, the right Christian lang- lingo, the right Baptist lingo, if you will. It's, a, it's time we push aside the hypocrisy and, and the, the fakeness, and it's time we be real people. Now, I had to insert that there, not because I thought that Elk Point Baptist needs to work on this, but because I didn't think the sermon would be complete without mentioning the opposite of genuineness and sincerity. So first, let's get into genuineness and sincerity. Really, tonight, it's really a word study, so I don't want you to be caught off guard. I don't have one select verse that I'm really going to preach on or expository preaching. Tonight is the topic or a word study of genuineness and sincerity. First of all, we ought to prove sincerity to the lost or our love toward Christ or toward God, excuse me, is sincere. And that is Second uh, Corinthians 8.8. 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness or earnestness of others to prove, to prove the sincerity of your love. So I want to pick on a couple things. I speak not by commandment, because we are commanded, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So what he's saying is, it's not because I'm forced to. It's not because I'm commanded to. But I want to be sincere in the love that I love God. I want to be real in the love. 
And I don't want to just say that I'm forced to love God or that I have to, but I want to be real. I want to, I want to take it more than that. I want to be real. In middle school, I would ride the bus to, to school, and all the cool kids sat in the back of the bus, so I was in the front. Just kidding. I was in the back, too. Uh, I was in the back of the bus, and all of, the, um, all of us guys were horse-playing back there, as we do. And I would say one of the most popular guys in all of the school said, Hey, Ryan, I see that you don't swear ever. Why is that? And in about three seconds, I had to make a choice of what I was going to say. What am I going to say? What? I mean, I felt like my whole reputation of the school was in jeopardy, you know. What are they going to think of me? And all eyes were on me, it felt like. And nearly half of the bus was looking at me. And I said, and I, I, I made the decision and said, well, you know, the Bible says not to, and I do love God, and I'd rather not. That's what I said. And then I literally held on. Because I was waiting to get punched with mean words. I was waiting to get smacked in the face with that's stupid, that's ridiculous, that how stupid, you're a, you're a loser, and so on. And I was just hanging on, literally. I remember it. And he answered with two words. Oh, okay. Alrighty then. You know, right there, God gave me the opportunity to be sincere and to be genuine. And I'm not saying this because I'm such a great person, which I'm, I'm not trying to boast of myself. I'm trying to give examples of how we can use genuineness and sincerity in our own lives. And I said, I love God. I'm just not going to do that. I was able to prove my sincerity of my love toward God in, in that moment in the back of a middle school bus. And every day, there is some way or somehow that we can also prove ourselves as sincere and genuine Christians. Next, 2 Corinthians 8.24, it says, Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. It, it is the proof. It is the, the real McCoy of your love. The proof of, of that you are a true follower, a true lover of God. All right, next. Sincerity must be had by those in ministry. Uh, I want to tray you to, I, I'm going to surprise him. I want to tray you to stand and I want you to read Titus 2, verse 6, and then 6 through 8. Titus 2, 6 through 8. Amen. Thank you. So really what it's, it's saying, it, it, it's not hard to understand to me. If you're going to be in ministry, you, you must be sincere, is what it's saying. Uh, if you're going to serve in, in a full-time ministry, and, and Paul was writing, writing to Timothy, uh, a young pastor, saying, Here's, here are some clues, here are some ideas, here are some things that you should really do if you're going to be in ministry. And one of them was sincerity. We, we must be sincere if, if we are going to serve in any capacity of our church. We must be sincere. 
Next, uh, we are sincere in using the Bible, not corrupting the Bible, and preaching the gospel with sincerity. That is 2 Corinthians 2.17. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God. In the sight of God we speak in Christ. You know, the Bible does describe itself as a sword. And the point of that sword is, is to pierce the soul, to pierce the spirit, saying, hey, there's got to be more to life than this. Hey, there's, there's, there is a Savior that's waiting for you and, and wanting for you to meet Him. And that's the point. But sometimes we use our Bible as a sword to cut. To cut down. To bring down. Maybe those that are saved or maybe those that are not. And we have to be careful because we've been entrusted with a sword. And you might think of it as, uh, as just words. And even the Bible itself says the tongue is sharp. The tongue is, is like a sword. And the Bible is a sword. We must be careful with how we use it. We must be careful with in the, in the right heart, in the right manner that we use it. If we're going to correct someone or a fellow brother or sister, we must be careful with how we use our sword, the Bible. And it is again to the point that it cuts into the soul and to the spirit that God may, or the Holy Spirit may change them. Not so we can cut them up. Not so we can use the Bible. And I've heard it said before, using the Bible and smacking somebody on the head with it. That's not the point. Uh, There's been a time when some people have lost, you've lost that. And we need to get back to proving our sincerity and our love using our Bible. There was a time long ago where, uh, another example I thought of, there was a time long ago where uh, not everybody knew the language uh, that the Bible was written in, so they said, hey, uh, the Bible says if you want to go to heaven, you need to pay me $20 a month, then you'll go to heaven. And people kind of fell for it, if you will, because they didn't know any otherwise. They didn't know that the Bible didn't say that. So again, I'm just trying to say we must be careful with how we use our Bible. We must be careful with, with the, the context and whatever we're doing, whether it is to the lost or to the saved, whether it's on social media and whatever we're, we're using, we must be careful with how we portray it. And of course, we've been, we've been learning through our pastor of the importance of the Bible and loving our Bible and things like that. Remember, it's a sword. Remember, it can cut. Swords are sharp. So, uh, we must use sincerity as we use our Bible and teach the gospel and teach others about Christ. Next is sincerity in our ministries. Sincerity in our ministries. Now, therefore, uh, it says, excuse me, Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods of your fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt, and serve the Lord. So what I'm seeing is the word serve a number of times. So that's where I got in our service. In our service to the Lord, we must be having and using sincerity and genuineness, if you will. Uh, now, I, I want to mention some ministries in our, in our service of the choir. We must be using sincerity and genuineness. And in our service of of vacuuming the the floor. And in our service of playing the piano. In our service of leading the music. In our service of being in the sound 
mechanics and in our service of the nursery and in our service of VBS and in our service of the youth camp and, and in our service of the women's Bible study and legacy and epic and the things that I could say on and on, we must be sincere and genuine in what we're doing in our service to Christ. We must not be doing it uh, repeatedly and monotonously, our service or, or our ministries, but let's do it again and again with, with, with a good heart and with a good motive, uh, again, consistently. I love, I love that. Consistently with a good heart, with a good motive. And, and we ought to be sincere when we are serving our Lord. Now, uh, sincerity in your work. Sincerity in your work. Let's turn in our Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'll tell you a, a quick story. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, I've been working at Menards for a number of years, and there was a time I was working at Menards in Sioux Falls, and I, at that time, I worked there for five years, and my manager's name was Mike, and Mike knew that, <laughs> Mike knew that I've never been late to work, ever, and it, it was true, I've never been late to work, ever. Now, my mom is here, and uh, I have gone 90 and a 65 to be on time for work. But never been late. Now I'm not giving that an excuse. I'm just kidding around with you. I've never been late to work. And there was one day that I left. I left Menards. I went to lunch at my mom's house. That was a half a mile away. I came back and went through some construction that I was not planning on, and I came back to work late. So our lunch break is 35 minutes. If you go past any second after 35 minutes, you're considered late. So I came back, I think, at about 38 minutes was my lunch break. So Mike, my manager, comes to me and says, Ryan, I see, I, I see you were late coming, coming back. I said, yeah, I wasn't planning on the construction over here. Uh, there was a pile of, of cars, uh, very congested. My bad. He said, now, Ryan, I think I saw you helping a customer with the grills and I'm going to write this off as uh, excused because you were helping a customer with the grills. And I said, Mike, oh, oh, no, that's not the truth. It's not the truth, Mike. Uh, what I was doing was I was driving back. I was going through some construction. I didn't know this, the construction was there. I came back to work, and I was late. And Mike said, Ryan, I'm pretty sure I saw you, and you were helping someone buy a grill. And I'm pretty sure I saw that. And I can write this off for you as excused. And I said, Mike, there must be something in your eye. Because that's not the truth. I was late. I was driving through this construction over here. And I was late. I didn't come back to work on time. From that moment, for the rest of the time that Mike and I worked together, and again, he was my boss, he never once had a problem trusting me. Every single, he trusted me more than he trusted some other people there that worked there for 10 to 15 years. He never once had a problem knowing that I was telling the truth. He never once, he never once questioned me and whether it was something that was my fault, I forgot to do this. He knew that whatever it was, I knew, he knew I would tell him the truth. Again, this is not a time to say how great Ryan is. 
It is a time to show you that we can use our life examples and we can use a time, uh, an example or an opportunity, if you will, to be found genuine and sincere Christian. Because you know what Mike knew? Mike knew that every single Sunday I had off of work because I was going to church. Mike knew that. And Mike knew that every single Wednesday night I had off work because I was going to church, which is still to this day the truth. I work at Menards to this day, and still to this day, I do not work on Sundays because I, I work on Saturdays so that I can have Sundays off and be here in church. People know that. The GMs know that. The general managers know that. The, my department manager knows that. The assistants know that. And even other coworkers and throughout the whole building know that. And I got to use this opportunity that God gave me to prove I'm a genuine and sincere Christian, and I'm not going to, you don't need to tell a lie for me. So in our work, Ephesians 6, verse 5, Ephesians 6, verse 5, it says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. We'll stop there. He repeats something twice. He says, not with eye service, not with your actions of, oh, there's the boss, and then you, and then you get to work, and you work hard, and then and the boss left. You know, it's not with eye service. And then he repeats it again lower, um, not as to men. Look, I don't work for my boss. I do work for the Lord. And that's something that my dad taught me at a, at, certainly at a young age. He always repeated, he said, Ryan, your boss is not your boss. Your boss is the Lord. Your boss is God. And that completely changes the way I work. And I work very hard and very fervently, and I try and do the best work I possibly can every day, knowing that my boss is not the owner of Menards, it is God. And I don't work hard because of the owner of Menards, I work hard because of God. And because it's a good testimony, and because it's a good way to be proven sincere and genuine. And it is the same with us. I've been told, I've been told we are stealing from our employers when we are off goofing off and we are off doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So we have to have sincerity in our job, sincerity in an honest day's work. Next, uh, there is sincerity in your love toward Jesus. This is a quick one. Ephesians 6.24, Grace be unto, grace be unto all them that love the Lord, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, in sincerity. Amen. All right, next is our... Sincerity in our love toward one another, toward um, fellow Christians. Uh, why not, for the sake of just, never mind, sorry. Uh, how about this, First John 3.18, it says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So it's not saying, not with our lips, not with our words, but indeed in, in, in our work, in, in what we do, and in truth. Blake, do you want to go to Romans 12.9, please? Romans 12.9. Just for the sake of 
You don't need to hear me talk the whole time. Romans 12, 9, Blake. Then 1 Peter 1, 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And again, that last word, fervently, to me I see consistently. Or fervently can meet with a desire, with a burning desire to love each other. So we ought to love each other as fellow brothers and sisters, as saved people, in sincerity, in genuineness, in fervency, in consistency. We ought to be there for each other, as a family would, of course. And again, I, I, don't, I don't feel like this has to be said to this church. I don't feel like it does. But again, my message wouldn't be complete if I didn't add every, what really what the Bible has to say about sincerity. I really appreciate this church, and I really appreciate the love that we have for each other. And I thank you for that. Romans 12, verse 9. Blake, do you want to say that one? Amen. Let love be without strings. Let, let love be without, um, uh, you have to do this for me, and then I'll love you. Let it be without limits. Let's just love each other, not just with our mouth, but with our actions. And of course, may God give us the opportunity to do that. I've heard of a few opportunities as I've been here. Uh, we've been asked maybe to visit, um, the name is, is skipping in my mind, visit a lady that is not doing well or she had surgery recently. We've been asked to visit her or stop by her house. That would be a way to love someone in works, in, in deed, rather than just saying, hey, love you. It, it, it is in, in our time. All right, lastly, uh, it is in everything we do. Sincerity and genuineness is in everything we do, and it's in our testimony. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to you, word. He said, our testimony of our conscience. We know that we've been real. We know that we've been honest. We know that we've been true. We know that we've been sincere in godly sincerity. Then Philippians 1.10 that ye may approve things that are excellent, ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. That is our challenge tonight, really. That's our challenge tonight, to live a life of sincerity and genuineness. Now, I want to conclude with a phrase or something that I listened to, and I had to stop it and rewind it and then play it, stop it and rewind it and play it and stop it and rewind it. And I've been meditating on and thinking on this. And, you know, Ralph, I do want to talk to you about this another time. <laughs> another time. Because uh, I'm, I'm not quite there where I can answer your questions on the spot. Okay? <laughs> so another time. And, and, Danny, I feel the same way with you. I want to I talk to you about this another time. Here's the question. If someone prays for patience, does God give them patience? Or does he give the opportunity to be patient? 
And, and, and it made me think. If you pray for courage, does God give you courage? Or does he give you the opportunity to be found courageous? And I'm, I'm not really going to say it is either or it is or. And I know I think Danny's answer would be, why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? Here's another one. If someone prayed for their family to be closer, does God send them warm, fuzzy feelings, or does he give the opportunity to love each other? And I thought about that, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. Tonight, there was a sermon on genuineness and sincerity. And we're going to leave this place after praying. We're going to get into the same car that we came in here. We're going to leave to the same house. We're going to do the same nightly routine. We're going to sleep in the same bed. We're going to get up at the same time and attend the same job or attend the same things that we do, uh, whatever that we have planned tomorrow. And at about tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, you might think to yourself, I don't feel any different. I don't feel any change. I mean, I did pray, God, help me to be more sincere. Help me to be more genuine. And I guess I don't know if God answered my prayer because I just don't feel any different. And maybe it is then where God will send you the opportunity. That's what I'm trying to get at. Maybe it is then where we think, you know, am I genuine? Am I sincere? You know, and then God will send an opportunity. Opportunities come in very different shapes and sizes. In very different ways we can, God can show us Now's the time to show a Christian. Now's the time to prove. And a lot of times our proof is under pressure. You know, I very quickly, very quickly, I I wanted to say, uh, we have, we sell different bolts at Menards and bolts are, have grades on them, a grade five, a grade six, a grade seven. The difference is the strength the bolt can take until it breaks. And the only way, I don't know of a way to show whether a bolt is grade 5, grade 6, grade 7, or grade 8. I think there's notches on it. But I guess one of the ways is to go to my brother-in-law, Nathan, and say, put this bolt on the hydraulic press, and if it breaks at 2,000 pounds, that's not a genuine bolt. And for us tonight, a lot of times genuineness and sincerity is proven through time and through pressure. And we have been through that. I feel, I know in, in some of your faces and in some of your testimonies, I have seen that. We have been through time and through pressure. And you might wonder, God, why are you putting me through this? Why are you, why are you putting this pressure on me? You know, God teaches us lessons, but what it does, it proves that you're a genuine bolt. You're a genuine Christian. You're a real one. And there's no doubt. That even today, you know, today I'm sitting in church, and I've been through a lot, but today I'm in church. And maybe it's a proof that God has put you through some pressure in a hydraulic press. And you've you've come out still strong and still, still here. Now, may God give us the opportunity tomorrow and the next day in our jobs and in our places that we go in, in our family members, in our loved ones, and in those around us. May God give us the opportunity to be a genuine Christian and sincere.
Uh, Barb, can we play a song of, of invitation? And let's, let's just have a time to pray. Let's pray this prayer of, Lord, help me to be more genuine. And then give me the opportunity. Let's stand. Would you stand with me, please? Let's play a couple verses, Barb, of a song of your choice. And let's just give it time to respond to the way God's leading.